Welcome to Not Your Mother's Menopause, Making Hormones Make Sense, with Dr. Fiona Lovely. Dr. Lovely is an expert on health, treating women and their families from around the world. Her specialities include endocrinology, functional neurology, and functional medicine. Please visit us at drlovely.com. And now, here's the doctor. Hello, lovelies. This is Dr. Fiona Lovely here and Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast, Making Hormones Make Sense. I thought I would start out today with a quote. The greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance. It's the illusion of knowledge. I have noticed even people who claim everything is predestined and that we can do nothing to change it. Look before they cross the road. We are just an advanced breed of monkeys on a minor planet of a very average star, but we can understand the universe. And that makes us something very special. Life would be tragic if it weren't funny. Of course, that quote comes from Stephen Hawking, who passed away on Pi Day, March 14th, 2018. Um, One of the greatest minds of our time. And as I learned of his passing, and he influenced me in my uh, early science-seeking years, shall we say, um, I thought, you know, it's time to do a podcast on bone building. And I'll tell you why I'm connecting these two things in my mind. So it turns out that the celestial events that Dr. Hawking often spoke of based his whole career around, um, exploding stars and that sort of thing, actually creates the basis of what is inside our bodies. We're literally made of stardust, hydrogen and carbon, nitrogen, iron and sulfur, basically all the things that come from outer space and land on our planet that either um, the become the plants and then the animals eat the plants and then we eat the animals and the plants, And uh, we're literally made of stardust. So thank you, Stephen Hawking, for sharing uh, your knowledge with us. Okay, so let's talk about bone health. Um, I thought uh, I'd define some things at first, as as I like to do. And, um, you know, lots of us in perimenopause hear about the importance of keeping our bones healthy. And what I will say about that is don't wait until your bones are starting to show signs of uh, density loss before you start to worry about them. A lot of these habits should be started while you're in the throes of perimenopause or even before that. So that as you age, uh, you don't suffer what a lot of women have, which is low bone density. So first thing, let me define osteopenia versus osteoporosis. So osteopenia is density loss, bone density loss. Osteoporosis is the next level of osteopenia, which is severe bone density loss, increasing your risk of fractures to the spine, hips, and wrists. And what we know is when women break a hip, um, their morbidity and mortality rates go through the roof. Um, And in fact, uh, I I believe there's an increased um, 
uh, mortality within 12 months of a hip fracture. I haven't looked at that research recently, so forgive me if I'm not 100% correct on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the what the research actually demonstrates. So let me talk about how bones get built. So we basically have two kinds of... Uh, uh, cells that are specifically for the creation of bone. One is called osteoblast and one is called an osteoclast. Now, the osteoblast goes in and builds the bony structure for us, taking nutrients from our diet. Um, and the osteoclasts are there to maintain the cells the bone cells that the osteoblasts have created. And so the osteoclasts, their job really is to clean up any sort of debris and they get rid of the old bony structure that is brittle. And so one of the uh, things that does happen with osteoporosis is we have too much osteoclastic or breakdown activity and not enough osteoblastic activity. Now, for those of you that are taking the bisphosphonate class of drugs, which is the medications that women are often prescribed for uh, bone building. What can happen with those is over time, the longer you take them, you actually have um, a higher risk of fracturing uh, spine, hips, and wrists uh, because those medications increase the uh, blastic activity, the building activity, but they do not proportionally increase the clastic activity, which then creates a, a brittle environment over time. And those are the women you hear who are, you know, standing on the subway and just spontaneously fracture a hip and um, the ones that have uh, difficulties seeing a dentist because none of the implants will actually root in their jaw, uh, these kinds of things. So, um, okay, let me get into some more goodies here for you. So it turns out estrogen to progesterone's role, surprise, this is a podcast about perimenopause. Of course, I'm going to talk about the uh, sex hormones. Um, you need both for bone health. It turns out that as we age, into postmenopause and beyond, where estrogen has a tendency to go low, although it does take time to get there, um, the bones get more brittle. And at the same time, if your progesterone's low, that increases or decreases the density. So you need to make sure your estrogen to progesterone ratio is appropriate at your age. Um, and of course, saliva testing is the best way to do that. You know, the other thing here is um, probably the thing I speak about most on this podcast is the factor of stress and what it does here. So when you have high levels of cortisol, which is the primary stress hormone, it actually eats up excessive estrogen, causes the estrogen to drop. So again, in postmenopause, this can actually be a problem. So you really need to be able to address those um, the, the stress in your life in order to make sure your bone, uh, bone health uh, ongoing. And like everything else, right? Everything is connected to stress levels and uh, cortisone levels. Okay, so let's talk about some risk factors here. So certainly it's true that petite or small-boned Caucasian and Asian women have the highest risk for osteoporosis. Um, if you're a smoker, that increases your risk uh, considerably. Um, if you've had a history of an eating disorder, if you've had thyroid or parathyroid disease. Now, typically, thyroid disease isn't going to be the low 
uh, thyroid or hypothyroidism. It's going to be more of the hyperthyroidism or Graves' disease that can cause uh, excess thyroid hormone just uh, uh, can cause an imbalance with the calcium in our body. And the way that works is we have these glands embedded in the thyroid gland called the parathyroid glands. And their job is to control the sol uh, soluble calcium, which is in our bones, uh, for fuel to the heart. So if the thyroid gland isn't working properly and you have too much thyroid hormone, it can really affect your bone health. Genetics, of course, play a role. Moderate to heavy alcohol consumption, moderate to heavy soda consumption because of the phosphorus in the carbonated uh, beverages that can actually leach calcium out of the bones in order to balance that phosphorus in the system. So just don't do that. Um, also, if you're not uh, doing daily or uh, several times a week weight-bearing exercise, that really puts you at a higher risk factor for osteoporosis which again is progressive bone mass loss, demineralization, and increased risk for fracture, especially of spine, hips, and wrists. So the other thing that's probably uh, often gets missed in the risk factor category is the medications that you may be taking or may have taken a long and long periods of time. So probably most common would be the steroids used for asthma, or steroids used for any other health condition do very much affect the um, environment for bone health in your body. Uh, Anti-seizure medications, uh, too much thyroid uh, hormone, we talked about that. Antacids that use aluminum will uh, leach calcium, as well as chemo drugs, heparin, and others. All of these things very much affect. Now, um, something else that's a more current or contemporary problem is that I'm seeing a lot of women who take um, acid-stopping medication, something we call PPIs or proton pump inhibitors, and um, a lot of these are now available over-the-counter, but lots are still prescribed uh, um, when uh, someone presents with heartburn or acid reflux, uh, etc. Now, uh, here's the thing about that. When you reduce the amount of acid in your stomach, your body cannot assimilate the minerals it needs for bone health, calcium being the biggest one of that. So again, you need to have an appropriate amount of acid in the stomach to chemically, uh, uh, chemically digest your food. So it's not just about being able to uh, acidify proteins so that um, the nutrient we need from it is, is taken out of it, but it's also about those minerals that we take in either in our supplements or in our food. So if you are taking a proton pump inhibitor, an acid-stopping medication, that's not something you should take for the rest of your life. I mean, realistically, the reason why we take these medications is because we're dealing with too much stress, we're chronically dehydrated, and sometimes obesity can contribute as well because, of course, it pushes up on the diaphragm, um, which can uh, cause the... Um, the stomach to sort of pouch up through the diaphragm into the heart and lungs, into the thorax area. 
Um, also a hiatal hernia will cause that. So there's a number of different factors that you can work on that's not just take a medication and now this goes away. At the same time, if you have acid reflux, you do need to deal with it uh, because uh, esophageal erosion is no joke. Um, so, I mean, it's a balance, right? Have that discussion with your natural health care provider and see if there's an alternative. Also, we should be drinking half of our body weight in ounces every day in water water alone. So make sure uh, you are doing that as well. Okay, so what can you do? Well, the number one thing you can do to make sure your bones stay healthy is a daily weight-bearing exercise. Now, this is walking, dancing, jogging, weight training. Um, these kinds of things are excellent for bone build, bone building. And, you know, one of my favorite things to consider here is that actually carrying extra weight counts as bone building. <laughs> If you were ever looking for a reason to put on a couple of extra pounds, it turns out it actually is kind of healthy for your bones. Um, certainly taking uh, the foods, the, the minerals that are necessary for bone building, that is calcium, magnesium, vitamin D, selenium, vitamins A and C, because they actually uh, give the collagen, the connective tissue support. Um, and the best thing to do here is to eat foods high in these, in these um, minerals first uh, and nutrients first and then supplement. So your magnesium should be a citrate or a malate, not carbonate. Um, I like a, a liquid form of calcium, although it can be a little bit harder to find. Um, and it should always be in a one-to-one -one or a two-to-one ratio, magnesium or calcium to magnesium. Uh, vitamin D is very necessary for calcium to get into the bones too. Make sure you're supplementing with that. Um, 5,000 international units a day if you live in North America. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, uh, selenium and um, and the others, you really often will get those into a bone health supplement. Um, but be careful of too much calcium. Too much calcium turns out a lot of a lot of women did that for a lot of years, and then those women are now showing with high higher incidence of heart difficulties. As I said to you earlier, the calcium is the exclusive food for the heart cells, so we want to make sure that we're not overdoing it, okay? Now, everybody's a little bit different. Again, get your foods first. Ask your natural health care provider who knows your health history what is going to be the right amount for you for calcium. Okay, again, handling the stress is a really important factor, making sure your estrogen to progesterone ratio is appropriate, keeping in mind progesterone should be 50 to 200 times higher than estrogen in perimenopause. I want to make sure I said that correctly. Progesterone higher, estrogen lower. Quite often women are flipped. It's not very often I see a woman with a saliva test that's uh, uh, performed in my office that actually has a good estrogen to progesterone ratio as we get into perimenopause and beyond. So really this is something that should be tested and not just um, uh, you're not just to elect yourself on uh, wild yam cream or etc. You really should know what you're doing. And again, looking at that stomach environment, uh, is it uh, acidic enough to assimilate those minerals? Um, have you reduced your alcohol and soda consumption? Um, if you smoke, quit. I mean, there's just no reason for anybody to smoke anymore. I get addiction. I understand 
that it can be difficult to quit, but there are great, um, there's great support out there for you if you'd like to quit smoking. And it's never too late to quit smoking. Okay, so finally what I'd like to do is just kind of encourage you to think about bone building as a process and really begin before you need to worry about it. You know your risk factors. If you've got a high, uh, moderate to high risk, make sure you're having a bone scan yearly. Um, in Canada anyways, in my uh, area of Canada, Western Canada, women can self-refer for a bone scan and a mammogram. Um, I always like to uh, start with a, um, a requisition so that I get those results every time they have a bone scan done. And that, that way someone is actually monitoring what's going on. So again, back to the process. Begin before you need to worry about it. Make sure you're getting enough calcium, magnesium, vitamin D, selenium, vitamins A and C, etc. In your food, number one, and supplement what you're not getting in your food. Make sure your stomach environment is in the right pH in order for you to not have acid reflux and to be able to assimilate and digest your minerals and your food. And make sure you're doing daily bone building exercises. Make sure your progesterone to estrogen ratio stays healthy. Make sure you're getting the minerals, etc. And really, um, think of your bones as <laughs> more than the hanger for your meat suit. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so uh, I hope there was something helpful here for you. I always like to provide you uh, as useful an information as, as possible. And uh, you can find out more about me and my work at drlovely.com, D-R-L-O-V-E-L-Y.com. We have a Facebook page as well, Not Your Mother's Menopause Podcast on Facebook, where I do post uh, timely items, shall we say. And I'd love to hear what you'd like to hear me to talk about in the next podcast and going forward. So uh, take care, everyone, and we'll talk soon. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your health care provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your healthcare provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.